Chapter Twenty Nine of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Twenty Nine Peggy's Betrayal. Bewildered as she was, Peggy had to read this letter more than once before the full meaning of it burst upon her. Presently, however, she understood barnes was tired of her and had thrown her off like an old glove his family conniving at the action he had taken she saw now why they were so anxious for her to go see her sister and understood why they told her not to come back until nine o'clock they had made this an opportunity whereby they could be rid of her not caring what became of her oh the horror the degradation of it for some time she did not know what she was doing or where she was going she only knew that she was adrift in london and that she the daughter of general trelawney was alone and unprotected in the london streets a castaway what could she do where could she go a sense of utter desolation and misery possessed her and she was ashamed beyond words at that moment she scarcely cared what happened to her she was not yet nineteen years of age and what had the future for her up to now she had in spite of everything refused to be anything but loyal to barnes she had excused his words of cruelty she had fought against the loathing which sometimes filled her when she realized that she was wedded to him for life in her way and in spite of all her faults she had tried to think kindly of him and to be loving to him for his sake she had refused to share eleanor's offered hospitality ay and more than that for his sake she had refused to go to her own home for his sake too she had borne with his sister's sneers and jibes and his mother's constant insults and now it had come to this what could she do again the question haunted her she remembered what barnes had said only two nights before when she had suggested spending the afternoon with her sister you can throw yourself in the river he had snarled i don't care what you do well why not life had nothing to offer her she would not go to eleanor and tell her what had taken place she simply could not she could see the look that would come into her sister's eyes the bitter smile that would curl on her lips for a long time she walked unheeding whither she went then presently she realized that she had passed from the streets and had entered an open space the wind had risen and dark clouds were being swept across the sky above her head she saw patches of blue and here and there a star shining why this was hampstead heath she was near home not more than five minutes walk from her father's house almost instinctively she thought of the morning when her father and mother had come to her and she remembered the former's words good morning my dear you'll remember that your father's and mother's house is always open to you 
she had felt at the time that his unconscious emphasis on the last word was an insult to the man to whom she had sworn to be loyal but now it came to her like healing balm they still loved her in spite of everything she was her dad's little peggy still great sobs rose to her throat sobs which almost choked her what shall i do what shall i do she wailed oh god help me oh if they only would if they only would but i dare not i'm ashamed her old home seemed like heaven to her now and the restrictions which at one time seemed so irksome were something to rejoice in oh to have a home and tenderness and love to be with her own people to breathe the atmosphere of affection and refinement oh god help her if she only could what would john say what would trev's fiance say did her father really mean it when he told her she might come home he was a proud man and would shudder at anything like disgrace coming to his name and she had disgraced it by becoming the wife of such a creature as barnes and yet then there came to her memory like some long-forgotten dream the words she had read in childhood and forgotten in her girlhood a saying from the most beautiful story ever told i will arise and go to my father and i will say unto him father i have sinned but could she all the time she had been walking walking she knew not whither then suddenly she saw a light yes it was home that was her father's house there was a light coming from one of the windows she crept wearily along no longer her feet seemed to be winged and she rushed pantingly to the door of her old home she knocked timidly like one afraid then as there was no answer more loudly she heard footsteps in the hall firm decided footsteps and the door opened yes what is it it was her father's voice it's me dad peggy will you let me come in peggy yes dad i've i've come home i have no home but this will you have me in a second the general understood he required no mental process to comprehend everything his heart leapt to the truth my little peggy he cried come in my darling come in you must be cold come in there let me see your face kiss your old dad my little girl i am glad you have come he drew her to the warm well-lighted room as he spoke and held her close to his heart while the girl sobbed convulsively i didn't know i was so near then i saw the light i-i didn't know what i was doing but-but i couldn't help it i've come home dad i'm so miserable and ashamed 
her words came incoherently between great heart-breaking sobs she scarcely knew what she was saying but the long pent-up feelings which had been buried in her heart for months were trying to find expression meanwhile her father held her to his heart his brain even yet had failed to grasp the situation but his love made him understand everything there there peggy it's all right it's your old home my dear no matter what's happened everything is right and his voice was hoarse because his heart was in a wild tumult i'm i'm so ashamed stammered peggy but but i couldn't help coming something drew me here in spite of myself when i found out what i was what it all meant i think i went mad i didn't know where i was going i thought i would go to the river and throw myself into the water there seemed nothing else for me then i saw i was on the heath and and i didn't know where i was going although i kept on walking then i saw the light will will you have me dad i know i've been a bad girl but i couldn't help coming home something made me have you of course i'll have you there my darling don't fear anything your old dad is here he will keep you safe there sit before the fire and let me pull off your wet cold boots then i'll go to your mother and tell her you have come home he drew her to an armchair as he spoke and took off her hat and jacket are you better now my little peg he went on scarcely realizing what he was saying or doing you're cold and hungry aren't you there there now don't cry it's all right i'll go and fetch mother no no not yet sobbed the girl what shall i do for you then i'm so glad to see you peg is there anything you want i'll get mother here in a minute she'll know better than i what to do no no not yet persisted peggy please dad she sobbed let me sit on your knee like i used to i haven't sat on your knee since before the war and and yes my darling said the general whose eyes were brimming with tears that's it there now sit on my knee and put your arms round my neck as you used to years ago and tell me everything she laid her head on his shoulder like a tired broken-hearted child and then she sobbed out her story such a pitiful story so common yet so tragic she told it between heartbroken sobs and exclamations of shame and sorrow and is that all asked the general at length that's all except that i want to be with you and and i want oh i want mother of course you do it's all right your old dad is gladder than words can tell to have you back yes i understand what you feel it's all a miserable business but never mind you have come home now there there kiss me again my dear but but do you really forgive me 
do you really mean to say that you'll have me here, just as if I hadn't been so wicked? For, oh, I have been so miserable, so ashamed, and, and I do want to be good, and I do want mother. Of course you do, the general half laughed and half sobbed out the words. Don't be afraid, Peggy. We'll make everything right. The old miserable past is over, and in some way we'll begin anew. There, there, I'll go and fetch mother. He rushed away as he spoke, while the child looked around the room she had known all her life. There were the old books, the old pictures, the old furniture. Everything she saw seemed to bid her welcome. Everything seemed to tell her of an undying love. This was home, the home which in her madness and in her wickedness she had left, but which was now the haven of refuge for which she so longed. She heard murmuring voices and hasty footsteps, and then she knew she was in her mother's arms. She heard her mother's voice, felt the warm kisses on her cheek. She wanted to explain, wanted to—she knew not what. "'Oh, mother, he's left me, and—and and it's wrong, I know, but I'm glad he has. I could not go to him again, even if he wanted me. It's all been so awful, so horrible.' "'Of course it has,' cried Mrs. Trelawney. She seemed to know what to do better than her husband. There was that touch of intimacy— knowledge and innate wisdom which helps to make the crooked places straight and the rough places plain of course you mustn't cry what is there to cry about you've come home my darling and lester can't you see that the poor child is tired and faint the servants have gone to bed but that doesn't matter oh yes it's no use telling me peggy i know you're hungry I'll go and get something for you. There was healing in every word, in every tone, in every movement. The child's bitter, wounded, bleeding heart felt it and understood. There were no reproachful questions, no upbraidings, no saying, I told you so. The time for these things might come later, but now it was heartfelt gladness, a welcome home which her poor little soul longed for. No, no, I'm not going to let you talk to me about all those miserable things, cried the mother, as Peggy again tried to return to her sordid tale of the past few months. There's no need for that now, and you must not trouble a bit about the future. We shall be able to talk about that some other time. All that matters now is that you are here, my darling. I was afraid that you would be away, sobbed Peggy. It seemed strange that you should be up so late. I could not go to bed, said the general. I don't know why— but I felt as though I must sit up. The door opened again, and John entered. Hello, Peg, old girl, said the boy, rather awkwardly, 
good business i thought i heard your voice so i put on these clothes over my pajamas and came down yes pigs come home cried the general come to stay isn't it splendid he left me this said peggy piteously handing john the letter which barnes had written i've been staying with his mother and-and jack don't look like that for john had read the letter by this time and knew the whole truth as if by intuition the mean dirty swine but it's all right peg he'll never trouble you any more said the boy speaking awkwardly but with a look shining from his eyes which made peggy understand in spite of everything of course it's going to be all right said mrs trelawney of course it's going to be all right said mrs trelawney are you quite warm now darling will you have something more to eat no no mother don't mind my crying but it's all so beautiful i never knew before how beautiful it was dad you're sure it's you aren't you you're sure i'm home really will you let me get on your knee again and dad you're sure you forgive me aren't you i have been wicked but but i do want to be a good girl the general took her on his knee again there there my little peggy snuggle up close to me just as you did in the old days when i used to tell you stories before i put you to bed is that all right it's just beautiful dad she sobbed just beautiful unmindful of the time they sat together talking little by little peggy became calmer and in spite of their protests she insisted on telling her story again such a mean miserable story she seemed to want to unburden her heart to throw from her life the experiences of the last few months it might be as though she were a little child again a little kitty who had been naughty but now entered the happiness which comes through forgiveness but it was more than that and although they said nothing of it each knew it especially did the general feel that although his little peggy had come home contrite and repentant that he with all his love could never wipe out the past he saw by her shudders and by her expression of loathing when barnes's name was mentioned the misery and the truth he could not undo the fact that in many senses his child's life was ruined and that in the days to come she would feel the pollution of her association with the man with whom she had been madly infatuated but he would not upbraid her he would try as far as in him lay to destroy the effect of those miserable months he knew she had destroyed much of her girlhood she had made her future black with a kind of shame which she could not express and she would be forever haunted by the thought that her life had been contaminated with evil she had come back but it could never be as though she had never gone away there were still the months which the locusts had eaten but he kept all that from peggy 
in spite of everything his heart went out to her with a great overwhelming love and the thought of her contrition and her penitence went far to atone for the pain she had caused him we must get trev home he cried i'm sure it can be managed and we must get mary penryn up here too you'll like her peg yes she's a ripping girl was john's emphasis you must get her up here to-morrow dad i'll bring her up to lunch if you like i'll run down with the car for her to-morrow morning and now we won't talk any longer said mrs trelawney i can see you're tired i feel as though i shall never be tired again sobbed peggy ah but you are i insist on you going to bed now a few minutes later peggy was in her own bedroom the bedroom she had known from childhood oh how beautiful how restful everything was she recognized every article in the room nothing seemed to have been changed since she left it it had been furnished according to her own desires and tastes the colorings were perfect everything accorded with everything else and it was all so sweet and restful an air of refinement prevailed too everything was so different from the vulgar squalor of primrose terrace is everything all right peggy asked her mother kneel with me as i say my prayers she sobbed just as you used to do in the old days mother i've been a wicked girl but i will be good oh i will be good side by side they knelt while the mother scarcely less moved than her child put her arm around her please god forgive me and help me to be a good girl it was the old prayer of her childhood which came back to her and for the moment she felt like a child again and after all she was but little more but her childhood had gone and she knew it and although she could not put it into words she felt the tragedy of it there now go to sleep said her mother as peggy nestled among the clean white sheets we shall be here in the morning may i come in peggy yes dad please come the general knelt beside the bed and kissed her god bless you my little girl he said and his voice broke good night we'll meet in the morning end of chapter twenty nine